Have you ever had that heart-stopping moment when you realized you forgot the password to a critical account? I have, and that's exactly why I switched to 1Password years ago, and honestly, it's been a game-changer. I can't do without 1Password, and I know that if you give it a try, you will feel the same way. And when you support our sponsors, then you support the show. So I encourage you to check out what 1Password has to offer One of the things 1Password has to offer is it combines top-tier security with an award-winning design, making password management a breeze for anyone, anywhere. From the moment I started using 1Password, I said goodbye to the days of resetting passwords and worrying about security breaches. You see, 1Password isn't just about convenience. It's about saving you from the real cost of data breaches and the daily time suck of password resets. It works seamlessly across all your devices, filling in passwords for you so that you can sign in with a click. And the best part, all you need to do is remember one strong password that protects everything else. I've been using 1Password for as long as I can remember. My family is using it. Everyone in this household has bought in. It's, again, a game changer. It's completely transformed how I handle my digital security and my family feels the same way. We've gotten away from using the same passwords again and again and again, or sticky note reminders or having that notebook that says passwords I must remember. Plus, 1Password is trusted by millions, including giants like IBM and Slack. With 1Password, my digital life and my family's digital life is not only more secure, but infinitely simpler. And look, if you've ever been frustrated by a family member constantly asking for passwords, 1Password's secure sharing has been a total relationship saver for me. It's so secure that the Associated Press relies on it in high-risk areas, which means it's more than capable of keeping your digital life safe and streamlined. So why not make the switch? Protect yourself, your family, and your business with 1Password. It's the simple and secure way to manage your digital life. And right now, listeners of A Productive Conversation get a free two-week trial at onepasswordcom slash ProductiveConvo. That's two free weeks at onepasswordcom slash productive convo. Again, onepasswordcom slash productive convo. Check out one password. I know you'll fall in love with it like my whole family has. Again, that's onepasswordcom slash productive convo for two free weeks. Check it out today. Have you ever considered the impact your work environment has on your health and your productivity? Enter uplift desk a revolutionary standing desk designed to transform the way you work and that's just the beginning of what uplift desk has to offer with an emphasis on ergonomics and customization uplift desk offers a solution that caters to the dynamic needs of modern professionals whether you're coding designing or podcasting like i am right now the flexibility to switch between sitting and standing can significantly enhance your focus and vitality What makes Uplift Desk stand out is not just their commitment to quality and innovation, but also their dedication to creating a healthier workspace. With options to customize from over 100 desktop materials and a plethora of accessories, Uplift Desk ensures that your work setup is uniquely yours, promoting better posture and movement throughout the day. And here's an offer to get you started on a healthier work journey starting today. Go to upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting for 5% off your order. That's up 
liftdesk.com slash timecrafting to get 5% off your entire order. Your health, your productivity, your future self will thank you. Again, that's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting and get 5% off your entire order today. This episode of the Productivityist Podcast is brought to you by Text Expander. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander and get 20% off your first year. I'm a big Text Expander fan. You're going to find out why during this episode of the podcast, so stick around. This episode of the Productivityist Podcast is also brought to you by Front. If you're ready to transform your team's productivity with efficient email, then you can get started with Front. For just nine bucks a month, I've been using Front for a while with my team. I love it. It's that, that perfect bridge between email and task management and project. It's just great. I love Front, and I know you will too. I'll share with you how you can get a free trial of Front during this episode of the podcast. But for now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Productivity is Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Vardy. And this week on the show, Mark and Angel Chernoff return to talk about their next book, which I'm really excited about. They've, of course, they were on before. I'll link to that in the show notes, of course. But they, they have a new book coming out, a thousand plus little things that happy, successful people do differently. And it's it's it's, it's just come out. And, uh, you know, I we talk about the making of this book because it's a bit different than the making of their previous book. Um, of course, they run the wildly successful marketangel.com. Uh, no, I've known them for years. They run they run Think Better, Live Better, this great event that I've had the opportunity to speak at many times before. We, you know, we we just get along really well. In fact, one of the things we had to do, if you listen to the previous episode we're on, is that we know each other so well that they both call me by my last name. Mike is a common first name, so believe me, uh, I'm, I'm not... Uh, it doesn't bother me or anything like that, but because we're so comfortable, uh, there's a lot of Vardy name dropping during that first episode. So listen to that one. But this one, I'm like, hey, guys, you might want to call me Mike this time just for the sake of this podcast. And I don't know if they struggled with it or not. Um, and maybe they slipped one in. You'll have to listen to the episode to find out. But let's get to the conversation. You want to learn the thousand plus little things. So let's get to them. Here's my conversation with Mark and Angel Chernoff here on the Productivity Podcast. I'd like to welcome Mark and Angel Sharonoff to the Productivityist Podcast. Thanks for joining me, guys. Always a pleasure. Yes, thank you for having us, Mike. So uh, you guys were on, gosh, it was, uh, it must have been, a, we're talking a couple years ago now, right? Because Getting Back to Happy came out when? It came out, it was it, 20, it was 2018, right? Yeah, so it came out, our, our last book came out, yeah, May of 2018, so mm -hmm. uh, about a year ago. So a year ago. I guess we recorded the podcast, though, a few months before that. So you're right, I mean, it's getting up there. Yep. And now you've got another book, which, which we'll jump right out of the gate. It's, it, and this is not unusual. We see, we're seeing this happen more and more. In fact, uh, you know, I mean, humble, the poet who I met at uh, your event, think better, live better. Uh, he, he had a self-published book that eventually got published. So this, this new book, uh, a thousand little things, happy, successful people do differently was initially self-published, right? So, uh, when people go, wow, it's, it's another group of authors that are going to put out a book a year. I don't think that's that's this is this is an anomaly to a certain extent, right? <laughs> yeah, this was actually our very first book that we self-published, you know, many years ago. And Back in 2012, actually. Yeah. So now um, Penguin Random House wanted to republish it. And so we made it much better. <laughs> yeah, it's actually you know, what's interesting about this process, uh, Mike, is that 
So our last book, Getting Back to Happy, that came out last May, became a New York Times bestseller. And so that the, the interest of, of course, of a publisher when that happens, they say, okay, well, what else can we do with these <laughs> with these these authors? And so our our very first book that we uh, that we self published in um, the middle of 2012 was actually a pretty big hit for us, and it's called A Thousand Little Things, Happy, Successful, People Do Differently. And it was really a social-proofed book. It's definitely a, a, a giftable kind of tabletop, coffee table book, um, quick inspiration, right? Pick it up, you know, read, read a page a day kind of book. Um, but it was a curation of the top posts on our blog, and then we wrote short stories to bridge the gap between a lot of these posts. And so, in a sense, it's it's got this very um, this this very a, a, a appealing nature to it, and that we knew that people were going to love it when they read it because it was a curation of the top posts based on like you know your your blog stats and so forth. Um, so we knew it was going to relate to people, and people were going to you know going to enjoy it. Um, and so now, like Angel said, it's really this 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 republication of it has been an interesting process because you're going back, you know, <clears throat> basically you know seven eight years in time to what we had written back in the day. And you're giving it a chance with one. Uh, we're 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 definitely better writers, you know. Like anything, you got the ten thousand hours in. So I mean, seven eight years later, we're better writers than we were back then. Um, we've learned more in our life. And then you have this whole team of professional editors at Penguin Random House working with you to touch up this this product, this book that you had put together years ago. And you get to really make it what it could have been originally. And so it's been a fun process, everything from revisiting the old material to updating it and to really fine tuning it to be very, very prof a professional package. Um, we're, we're loving it. Well, and I think the other thing, too, that a lot of uh, writers need to understand is that writing blog posts is very different than writing a book. So if it's a blog blog posts that are going into a book, it, it's it's the way that books are read versus the way blog posts are read are very different, right? 100%. Yes, 100%. And we learned that a lot with Getting Back to Happy. So that book was very much a traditional book. It was not, you know, driven by blog posts or anything like that. It was a, a book that you would sit and read from, you know, from front cover to back. Um, so yeah, I mean, even the transition for us, I think just, you know, professionally as writers and coaches, I mean, we had to look at, at that book writing process a lot differently than we look at our day to day, you know, blog writing. So it's interesting that this book, while written before getting back to happy is coming out afterwards, because it's almost like, uh, when, when it was initially released, it's like, okay, here's what happy people do differently. And then, then the subsequent book, which is the one that was traditionally published, getting back to happy is like, oh, you lost your way. Here's how you get back. In this case, the way it's being re released via Penguin Random House is, hey, here, let's get back to happy. Okay, now that you are, let's maintain that. So it's an interesting twist on on the on kind of the story that you're both telling, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I never thought of it that way, but yeah, you're you're right. It's it's definitely a little different. I mean, and, and you know what, what's fascinating too, though, <clears throat> is that the the nature of what a thousand little things is. Um, was a big proponent of what allowed us to get back to happy, which is the title of the second book, right? Which was happened to be published by Penguin first. Um, but like a thousand little things, like I said, is is, is this giftable, um, but more so this this kind of coffee table quick reference, mm. um, where you can like literally leverage what you might you know use like maybe even the cliche of like affirmations, right? And like why are affirmations so powerful, and why would a book like a thousand little things be a great guide? Um, we put a thousand little things together um, really at kind of the end of a dark season of our life because what had helped us the most was this ritual of, of referencing the like, you know, the thoughts and quotes and ideas about life that we 
we generally knew, but we were not able to like kind of reach into our mind and grab at those moments when we needed them most. And so we we ended up starting this process of reading um, our own notes to ourselves, notes that we had taken from various books, you know, everything from Wayne Dyer to Byron Katie and so forth. And we ended up starting this ritual of re-referencing kind of our notes um, and those moments when we needed them the most, which ultimately became um, the blog post that we wrote that made it into get uh, a thousand little things. Have you ever looked into fasting and thought, I love the benefits, but I can't go days without eating? Well, that's where Prolon comes in, transforming the fasting experience with a plant-based nutrition program that tricks your cells into thinking they're fasting without actually having to stop eating. Developed through decades of research at the University of Southern California Longevity Institute, Prolon is not just another diet, it's a scientifically backed program designed to support your body's natural processes. Now keep in mind, this isn't about cutting out food, it's about providing your body with the right nutrients to enter a fasting state while still eating. The program includes snacks, soups, and beverages, all carefully designed to support healthy blood sugar levels, cardiovascular health, and even reduce abdominal fat. And the convenience? It's unmatched. Everything you need comes in one box delivered right to your doorstep. Thousands of doctors now recommend Prolon for its health benefits, backed by Nobel Prize winning science. So if you're looking for a way to kickstart your health journey with all the benefits of fasting and none of the hunger, Prolon is the answer. And right now, Prolon is offering a Productive Conversation listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash timecrafting. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash timecrafting for this special offer. Again, that's prolonlife.com slash timecrafting. Check it out today. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Okay, we're going to take a break now to talk about one of our sponsors for this podcast and one of the indispensable tools in my productivity toolkit, Text Expander. Text Expander 6.5 for Mac OS and 2.0 for Windows supports a whole new visual editor for snippets. And, and I have to say that without Text Expander, I would be lost. I've been using it back before it was available for Windows. It was only available for Mac OS. Now it's got iOS. It's got Windows editions. It's, it's, it's great. And the new editor makes it easier to see and edit snippet fill-ins, which are one of my favorite things to do, uh, dates and date math, nested snippets, and so much more. You can insert words, phrases, forms, templates, and more with just a couple of key clicks. That's everywhere you type. And what I love is that I'm able to use this for so many things. In fact, as I'm working on my new book and I'm starting to 
kind of put things out into the world in terms of saying, hey, you know, I'm working on this new book and I'd be interested with your help and and, and, and just these emails that I'm sending to a lot of different places, uh, both personal and impersonal, actually. So both the, the people that I don't know and the people I do, I can have the key elements in my email already templatized through just a snippet and text expander. So that way I don't miss any details. That's one of the things that I love about it is that I can type it once, create a snippet out of it, and that way I know I'm not going to forget it. I actually do this with the podcast episodes. So when I have a guest on the show, I actually say, hey, your episode's gone live. I have a little, uh, the, the standard stuff. And then I have like a personalized uh, fill-in that I can do, say, hey, and it actually is titled, say something individual about this episode to the guest, and that's what it's called. And then I just type that in. But then it says, hey, if you want to share this episode quickly and easily, here's the link. And there's a fill in for that link. And if you want to share the whole episode page, you can do it here by clicking on this link. And then I show that link. So there's lots of different ways to personalize. Once you start using Text Expander, you'll wonder how you live without it. Uh, you can take control of your time and productivity by letting Text Expander handle your repetitive typing tasks. There's automatic kind of groups of snippets that you can already use that are already made. And the other thing is it learns what you type too. So any, th any of these phrases that you type regularly, it will make suggestions as to whether or not you might want to, you know, use a snippet for it. And with a name like Productivityist, you know that I use that feature. Uh, Text Expander is an indispensable part of my productivity toolkit, and it can be part of yours as well. In fact, you can get 20% off your first year of Text Expander by going to textexpander.com slash podcast and check it out there. I am a huge fan of the Text Expander team and what they have to offer, and I know you will be as well. So again, visit textexpander.com slash podcast and get 20% off your first year of Text Expander. I'd like to thank Text Expander for sponsoring this episode of the Productivity is Podcast. Now let's get back to the show. So let's talk about the idea of lists because, I mean, there, again, no secret, the posts that, that appear on your blog, which, uh, and, you know, obviously uh, some of your best ones, like you mentioned, may make up the new book, Thousand Little Things. Um, they're, why are they so attractive to people? Like, especially in, and in the context of, okay, getting back to happy, which, and again, uh, anyone who's listening that wants to go back, please go back. I'll put a link to the show notes in the archive so you can listen to that episode as well, because this will be a nice tandem for you to listen to either. And, and again, in either order now, so you can do either the way that the books were, were released, the way that they're going to be released. Um, wh why are lists so, um, why, why do you guys think that lists are something that people just gravitate towards? And and how were you able to kind of leverage those lists in 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 this book to kind of help people, uh, you know, um, understand that these like, look, you don't have to do everything, just these things. Mm -hmm. I think it's that quick hit inspiration, right? We're, we're so busy. Um, we have things going on. This is a list post and this book is great for you to pick up first thing in the morning, read, you know, a couple bullets or even just one page and you can read more if you want to. But it's that quick hit of inspiration that you need to get your day started or to even finish your day. Yeah. And the list, <clears throat> I mean, the list style definitely allows something to be easily digestible, right? So, um, you know, we, we would read a book, like I mentioned Byron Katie, right? So you read Byron Katie's Loving What Is, and then the question is, is like, how do you take that information and distill it down into something that's easily digestible in that quick minute, right? That you're mm -hmm. going to read one page. And so a lot of what, <clears throat> a lot of what we did with our, our blog and, and subsequently this A Thousand Little Things, Happy Successful People Do Differently book is we were looking, uh, again, when we were going through a very dark season of our life, we were kind of taking notes based on the books that we were reading um, to step through our grief and our adversity. 
And so our notes ultimately became these blog posts, and the blog posts were things that we ourselves would reread and reference. And so what we needed is what are the key points in these books um, that we've read that are important to us that we need to keep top of mind in those moments when we need them most, when we need to be able to quick reference them. And so can we put these these kind of principles into these lists that are easily referenceable um, in those moments? And so that's really what A Thousand Little Things became um, for us as a tool and then ultimately as a book for others. I want to talk to you about the process of revisiting this material, because again, it's been written over the course of many years. As you're putting this book together, when you're going through of it, and through it, and each of you can answer this, I think, uh, separately, you come across something that you wrote, you're like, oh, we, this is something that we probably, or I probably need to do a bit more of. I forgot that, you know, I forgot about the medicine that I delivered and I need to take some of my own here. Was there any one or two that particularly stood out? Maybe either, either the list itself or maybe a, a point that you, you, you each realize you're like, oh, you know what? Yes, I, 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 I'm generally very happy. Clearly, uh, you know, you guys, that's kind of your, your, your thing with, with these books. But also, hmm, this is something that I probably could stand to do a bit more of. I think that's the beauty of this work is like you, you ne- it's always great to revisit the content. I mean, for me personally, I mean, it's definitely presence. It's so it's so sometimes you get lost in the daily shuffle and busyness of what you have going on. And so I think it's it's never we're above this work. And so rereading what we wrote in the past and um, revisiting it, I think it is great because it's. It's content that is evergreen. It's content that you could always reread and take something away from it. Was there any yeah. one thing in particular, though, Angel, that you're like, oh, right? Like, do you, do you, did you have any of those? Or was it just pervasive throughout the whole process for you? Yeah, nothing specific jumps out to me. I, I, I mean, I, I especially love the content on being present and focusing on what you have now. So those really jumped out specifically to me. Yeah, the presence is a big thing. I mean, and that's something like angels that we constantly struggle with, right? I mean, we know, hey, you know, be present, be here now. We've heard it a million times. But how often do we actually practice that? How often are our minds wandering to other times and places? And how is that affecting our ability to be effective in our work and in our relationships, right? Um, And so, yeah, it is interesting, again, that the very process of rereading and then rewriting various sections of this book um, was therapeutic for us. Because it was giving us the the very dose of medicine that the reader will get, which is let me dive back into some principles that I'm going to be a little bit familiar with, Mm -hmm. but I don't practice regularly that I need to get back on track with. And let me do this consistently. You know, and when you're editing a book, this happens consistently over the course of several weeks, just like building a ritual or a habit. Right. You're, 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 You're reading a thousand little things one page a day for a few weeks. And some of this stuff starts to ingrain in your mind more and it starts to become more top of mind. So those moments when your, your mind starts shifting into negativity mode, it's right there, easily retrievable. Oh, OK, let me bring my focus back to the present moment. Let me let me let me handle the battles of just today instead of worrying about the infinite and impossible battles of tomorrow or yesterday. Right. And it's those kinds of understandings and principles um, that are in the book that, yeah, that, that really just, again, never above it, but always need to be kind of like just just kind of hitting one dose at a time of it so that you're keeping it top of mind. Yeah, the gentle the general reminder. The gentle reminders. 
Mm. One of the things that, uh, obviously, when this book was written, you guys weren't parents yet, right? Like, <laughs> so, so going through the book now, and I mean, again, this was self-published initially. Is there anything in there that you're like, oh, we have to put this in here now because we have this set of eyes that now exists as the parents of, of a son that, that, you know, this needs to be in there for, for the, for the person out there who, you know, has kids versus, because before you didn't, is, is, is there anything in there that kind of permeated inside the text as opposed to, no, we're just going to leave, like, we're just going to refine, not really replace much, uh, despite the fact that we're talking years down the road and we've changed and our situation and environment has changed as well. I would say no. Um, I, I, you know, the book itself is probably 30 to 35% new. Um, than the old one. So there was a lot of rewriting. Um, for instance, the, the introduction to the entire book is different and it's, it's a significant introduction. Um, but as far as parenthood goes, I mean, certainly that changes us, right? That changes a person. It, as human beings, we learn a lot from parenthood. I mean, it's very rewarding. It's challenging, um, but it, it changes your perception. I, I, I don't think that, in, in, and I'll let Angel chime in too, it didn't really affect the the core content of the book, though, in any way whatsoever. Certainly some of the stories that have been added in, some of that like extra 30 to 35 percent, um, those edits do involve uh, family, right, dynamics. But um, it, as, a, as a core of, of the principles of the book, it did not change. I think you just interpret the material differently mm -hmm. based, based on your own personal experiences and your, your dynamic, your family dynamic. So yeah, I don't, I don't, we didn't write anything specifically to that, but I think it's, um, the way you interpret the content. Right. Is like different. we didn't go back in and say, Hey, we're going to start, we're going to, we're going to write a section here on parenthood yeah. or has it as a parent. So no, that, that didn't happen. Yeah. The optics, the perspectives. So you, as you're reading it, maybe your perspective has changed just like the reader can look at it and they're going to, uh, I was talking to Austin Cleon, uh, recently before I had him on the show. And one of the things he, he mentions in, I think he mentioned this in a blog post is when you're, when you've written a book, once you've put it, like once you've sent it off, it's no longer your book anymore. So whatever you intend, like whatever your intended message in it is, uh, you, you might have to, that might be thrown out the window to a certain extent for that one reader that looks at it completely differently. Right. A hundred percent. We see that with the blog all the yeah, time too. Yeah. We're like, we'll, we'll write even something, you know, you, that, that just happens in writing in general. You write a short story, right? And it's about some specific part of your life, but somebody reads it and it reminds them of some part of their life, which is a completely different situation. And that's, it's always a beautiful thing. That's why, I mean, that's why feedback from readers is always so important. Like hearing their story. One of the reasons we host think better, live better, which you mentioned annually is that it puts us in a space with 300 people who are like-minded who are, you know, who are saying, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm struggling and ready to improve my life. Right? Like I, I know that I have room for growth and I'm willing to, to share my story and I'm willing to like kind of be in the presence of others who are on this journey with me. And I mean, that kind of feedback loop that's created in an environment like that, which also can be created through writing, right? Through blog posts, comments, and even just readers sending you emails is incredible. And it's always amazing mm -hmm. to hear how the things that you say in your stories and your thoughts are perceived on the other end in just a different way um, and not not wrong, just different. And, yeah. and it can be a beautiful addition to the story. I think that's that's part of the beauty is that, you know, we all have aha moments or resonate with different things. And so I think this material, though it may not have been written from the same place that you're interpreting it, you can still 
all of a sudden have that, wow, this reminds me of this situation and it reminds me that I could do this even better or maybe I should try this way. So I think that's the beauty in the content is just you can interpret it depending on what you're currently going through in your own life. And it gets you thinking, right? It's thought provoking. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the key tool of something that's kind of a tabletop book, you know, a coffee table reference, quick reference, is that I mean, it's about the ritual of bringing conscious awareness to how you're feeling and thinking, right? And it's challenging some of those perspectives that are sitting in your subconscious mind, waking up. Ever found yourself deep in a project, your flow state so intense that the world around you just fades away? That's the magic zone where ideas take flight and your work truly comes to life. But what if, in a blink, it could all disappear? Hard drives fail, coffee spills, and yes, even the dreaded accidental delete happens. But fear not, because CrashPlan has your back. Don't wait for disaster to strike. Head over to CrashPlan.com slash TimeCrafting now for a free trial and secure your creations with their limited time buy one, get one offers. Supporting our sponsors means supporting this podcast, so take a moment to check them out. CrashPlan is the superhero of cloud-based data protection, specifically designed for people like us who live and breathe their digital creations. CrashPlan ensures that every file, every idea, and every piece of hard work is safely backed up and protected. With CrashPlan Professional, you get unlimited backup for your computers, not servers or cloud apps, just pure essential data protection for PC, Mac, and Linux. This means your business plans, designs, music, and documents are continuously encrypted and updated in their secure cloud without you lifting a finger. Imagine this, your laptop takes a dive during a late night work session. With CrashPlan, it's not a disaster, it's just a minor hiccup. Their service runs quietly in the background, safeguarding every change you make every 15 minutes. And if the worst happens, your files are just a few clicks away from being restored with unlimited version retention acting as your personal time machine. For businesses, CrashPlan's multi-tenant capabilities are a game changer. Buy as many licenses as you need, manage them with ease, and let your team or your IT admin restore data seamlessly, saving precious time and resources. So go to CrashPlan.com slash TimeCrafting now to sign up for a free trial and take advantage of one of their limited buy one, get one offers for a productive conversation listeners. That's CrashPlan.com slash TimeCrafting. Back up better with CrashPlan. And just kind of not feeling like your best self on on any given morning and, and reading something that can kind of reset you and make you think a little bit differently. Um, and so it, it, and, and how you interpret that to our point here is heavily based on how you're feeling in the moment and what 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 medicine you actually need right for that moment. Um, so it, it's it's, you know, even the process of going back and editing the book was very much like that for us. Like there were definitely sections, of course, that we nixed. Right. And we rewrote. But there were plenty of sections. Right. That were amazing. <laughs> we just, we were like, wow, that was, that was a great thought. I mean, that was, and that's, a, that's a great way. That's a great story to back up that thought and explain it, um, all these years later. And so then it was just a matter of like copy editing those sections instead of, instead of rewriting anything. So a, a, an excellent, you know, rewriting your rewrite or rereading your own writing years and years later, um, is almost just as interesting, if not more interesting than, than reading somebody else's stuff, right? It's almost like a, a fresh story years later. Okay, we're going to take another break from the show to talk about Front, which is another one of our sponsors. And I've talked about Front before, and whenever I look at apps that are new or they're new to me, 
it's one of those things where I, I look at them with a bit of hesitation. I'm not, you know, again, I'm more focused on the approach over the application. But what Front has done with email and the workflow that involves, you know, using email and a task management solution, a project management solution, all that stuff is it's really streamlined things for me. So when I when I am willing to talk about an app anywhere, let alone as, as a podcast sponsor, um, it's got to knock it out of the park for me. And Front has done that. You know, it, they were founded in 2013, so it's not like they're brand new. And what what Front really wanted to do was add collaboration, accountability, and transparency to email. And what, what do I mean by that? And what I think what they mean by that is the idea that Here's an example. I have all of my emails come into front now. It's the only email app that I use. So I've got my professional stuff, which is outside of productivity, my productivity stuff, and my personal stuff. Not to mention Facebook page stuff and Twitter direct messages. So I see all of this stuff coming into front. It's a communication hub. Then what I can do is from there, instead of me forwarding this stuff to my task management tool, which by the way, uh, if you need to have a project management tool integrated with Front or a CRM or anything like that, there's more than 50 app integrations that are right there for you to integrate. So it's not like this has to stand alone. Although what Front has done is it's kind of taken email out of its silo anyway. But back to what I was saying is what I can do is I can, let's say, for example, that I get a request for someone to be on the podcast. And I know I've talked about this before. I don't handle those directly anymore. But in the past, that's happened. And so there are people that still have that email address there. So instead of me saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to handle this, I can assign it to my assistant to say, hey, and, and, I, and what, what I can do is assign it. And then in the discussion area, which is great, which, which actually is part of that thread, that it, it doesn't go to the, the person that sends me the email, but it becomes part of this conversation that we're having this discussion. I can say, hey, Connie, can you please go and uh, respond to this person and let them know one of the following? So there are lots of really cool things that Front offers. Uh, you know, the idea of ha if you want to loop a colleague in to an email, you can do that. You just mention them on the thread. If you want to assign a conversation, like I mentioned, to that person, just remove it from your inbox, you can do that. I just talked about that. If you want to automate that assignment so all similar messages go to that person. So let's say I get another podcast, they can, that can happen. I never have to spend another minute. Uh, <coughs> <coughs> so if I want to automate an assignment, or if you want to automate an assignment, so that all similar messages, so that podcast thing I was just talking about, you, and, and uh, you, you want to make sure that those messages always go to that other person, and then you never have to spend another minute tagging them, no problem. That can do that too. Front can do all of that. Front has really streamlined the way we approach email here at Productivityist, and I know that it can help you and your team as well. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to share with you how you can get a free trial of Front right now. Just go to frontapp.com slash timecrafting and start your free trial today. Uh, again, if you've been following my work for a while, you know that I don't say, hey, here's a new fancy app that you can try. I, I don't take that kind of thing lightly. I'm a big believer in what Front has to offer. And, uh, you know, when I see an app that I can get behind, uh, I, I dig right in. Uh, when I see any kind of initiative that I can get behind, I dig right in. Front is one of those apps. Front is one of those initiatives. It's, 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 a, for, it's really what it's done is it's changed my mind about how I, how I view email uh, in terms of checking email first thing in the morning. Go ahead. 
front gives you the capabilities to move things around in terms of using email as task management management tool. Uh, frankly, I've been doing that a little bit now because front gives me that capability. So not everything needs to go into my task management uh, tool of choice, my to-do list app. So give front a try. And it's going to only be nine bucks a month. You could start with front for only nine bucks a month. But if you're ready to transform your team's productivity with more efficient email and more effective communication on the whole, give front a try frontapp.com slash timecrafting. Start that free trial today. I'd like to thank front for sponsoring this episode of the productivity podcast. Now let's get back to the show. I want to dive into the idea of the little things, okay, for a little bit. So, uh, why why do you think uh, people are going to look for big things, right? That's what a lot of people will do. Uh, you know, the, I want to I want to be I want to be happy. Um, you know, getting back to happy is an example of okay, good. Let me let me work on that. You know, I'm I'm not feeling that way, and I think we all get to that point, whether big in a big way or a small way, uh, throughout our lives. You're looking at this, and it's a thousand little things happy, successful people do differently. So there's two things in there that you know kind of from, can freak people out. Uh, one, well, you know, doing something differently. I, I'm used to like I've done things the same this whole time. Differently sounds scary to me. It's change. And then the idea of, well, little, well, how long is this going to take? I want a big change. So can we speak to those a little bit about those two words and how they can kind of affect people when they're looking at making a change towards like either let's using example for, for my audience, uh, for me personally, like I want to manage my time better. Oh, this is these little things I can do and it's going to make change my whole perspective on time. I don't know about that. In your case, it's like little things. Eh, it's going to take some time. Oh, differently? I don't know. That seems like a thousand things differently. That seems like a lot, whether they're little or big. So let's let's break down some of those barriers that I think people have, uh, so that they can say, no, you know what? This is this is not as scary as it sounds like it could be. This is something that's doable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean. I want to change my time management. I mean, that seems overwhelming. Like, where do I start? Right. You know, it seems so big. And so we try to, in this book, we try to make them smaller. We make them little. So they are things that you can try and say, okay, this worked for me or no, this doesn't work for me. And it, differently, because if you're doing the same thing over and over again and not getting the results you want, well, it's time to try something new. All right, keep doing what you're doing. You can keep getting what you're getting, right? I mean, that's how it works. Um, so yeah, I mean, I agree with Angel entirely, right? Break break up complex um, concepts and strategies for living and working into easily bite-sized chunks that can be um, digested one day at a time over the course of a couple months, um, making what would be otherwise a arduous, you know, read or adjustment in your life, right? Doing something differently, it would it makes that process a lot easier. Mm-hmm. It makes it m- much more seamless because you're just taking it one step at a time. And also, it makes it more manageable. Like you could, if you start off small, you're more likely continue to be able to continue it going forward. I mean, the example that comes to mind is, you know, you say, oh, I got to wake up. I want to wake up 30 minutes early every day so I can be more productive and get other things done. So I'm not rushing around. But in actuality, you know, that that's a lot. 30 minutes earlier, especially if you're not a morning person, that that's a that's a lot to get up that much earlier. But what if you just started with getting up five minutes earlier, you know, and getting used to that? And can you feel the difference by just getting up five minutes earlier and then slightly increasing that as you feel comfortable? Right. Over the course of a couple months. Yep. Right. I mean, so you're not making a big adjustment all at once, maybe even maybe even six months. Right. I mean, you, you literally don't have to rush it. But that's the principle of the book. That is definitely the general principle. And doing things differently, of course, again, is that you have to make some changes, right? You have to make some shifts. 
but the shifts need to be small because we want those big shifts. We want big change. We want to get to like that destination. But we all know that, you know, inherently that it's the journey, not the destination. And the journey can only happen one day at a time. And we're never going to we're never going to like, you know, leapfrog the journey right, to get to where we want to go. So it's like if we can just break things down and we can take it at a, at a consistent rate um, and, and, and one one step at a time. Um, what kind of a, uh, you know results can we get? And yeah. the, the answer is great results. Um, and so that's I mean, that that really is what the book is about. It's about those right reminders and those right steps um, that happen in small chunks. Right. Because yeah. if, if you make them so small, you know, it reminds me of the saying day by day, nothing changes. But when you look back, everything is different. Mm-hmm. So if you if you if you make them so small that you're not feeling a major difference every day in terms of like, oh, this is drastically this. This is really hard. If you make them small and then you're consistent, you'll be able to look back and be like, oh, wow, I, I got through that. I did that. I made that improvement. All right. You got to do the hard things to be happy. Right, Mike? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Those, those things that nobody else can do for you. And the things that are tough, the things that make you question how much longer you can hold yourself together and push forward on those really tough days. But it's a lot easier to push forward like that when you're taking small steps and when you've been consistent with it. And when you can realize like with a book like A Thousand Little Things, you can say, you know what, I'm just going to I'm going to handle one page a day. And then just naturally you get a few weeks into it and you've done one page a day and you can look to see where you are in the book. And then you, you feel like skipping a day or you're feeling really down and you can look back and it's almost like. It's almost having like a little uh, don't break the chain, right, calendar where you're you're doing your check marks every day and noticing your progress. Like you can visually look at the book and say, you know what, I've read these pages for this many days. I'm not going to stop, you know, today. Um, and and it's going to be good for you, right? Like the perspective shift is going to be helpful, especially especially when times are tough. That's when you need it most. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a, a great little tool. Um, we've loved it in our life, and we we know, you know, and that's the other thing about the book too. You've mentioned re- the republication of it. It sold really well. I mean, that's why Penguin picked it up, right? I mean, we sold about about forty thousand copies of it self-published, um, which is pretty good, you know. So um, it, it's it's a book that's definitely related um, and resonated with a lot of people. As we get close to wrapping up here, I want to touch on something that I think is uh, rather unconventional for people to do, but I think it's it's also undervalued when it comes to the to-do list. And actually, it's funny. Um, I'm gonna peel a bit behind the curtain here. Um, All three of us are part of a mastermind group. So we get together once a month and we talk about things. And, uh, you know, we talk about to-do lists came up in our most recent conversation. And one of the things that that I think that people probably should do on their to-do list, but don't because they think of very tactical, technical um, tasks are things that you would mention in this book and things that are more human than, let's say, uh, kind of, um, you know, uh, technical or or just uh, routine. So um, traditional, let's say. So do, do you put on your to-do lists and, and or, or have triggers that remind you to do, like one thing I did a video called Make a Difference in Someone's Day. If you, do, if you add this one thing to your to-do list, it'll make your to-do list better. And I literally have this on my to-do list, like make a difference in someone's day. And it's funny, it's not like I set out to do that necessarily, um, or at least initially, but now it's happening, like through past actions, I've seen it where someone's like sends sends me an email saying, "Hey, Mike, thanks so much for this." I'm like, "Oh, good, I can check that off as something that I did," which sounds rather, you know, like, "Oh, it's it, there's a bit of maybe a bit of narcissism there or whatever." If someone interprets it from their end, but for me, it's like, "Hey, look, this is something that I feel 
Uh, if I do this every day, then my day is going to be that much better. Do you put things like that, you know, on your to-do list so that it's like, hey, you know, I'm trying to instill this and make sure this is something that that is is something that I do every day? Or is it just become, uh, do you have any other triggers that are set up? And do you advise people to say, hey, look, if you want to, you know, if you want to incorporate these thousand little things, add a couple of them to your to-do list so that they become habitual. Yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, the, the things we know, the simple things we know often get lost in the to-do list because they're not on our to-do list. Um, w- one personal example for me is, you know, spend you know, at least 15 minutes of uninterrupted quality time with my son. So that may seem silly to put on there because, of course, we live together. We see him. But it's so it's so easy to get lost in, oh, making dinner, doing this, packing lunch, you know, shuffling everybody around and not really spending that quality time. Hey, what was the best part of your day? Having the quality conversations. And yes, does it have to be on your to-do list forever? No, because eventually it's at top of mind and you're just doing it because that that's what you do. It's on your to-do list. You already know it, just like you. You make it a point to be kind and caring and do something nice for somebody else. Well, now you probably don't have to put that on your to-do list because now it's at top of mind. That's just something you do. So if the opportunity arises, you take that extra step because you're like, oh yeah, you know, I want to do this daily. Um, So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of a thousand little things. It's the beauty of what you guys are talking about here. I mean, The most modern science that I've read says that it takes about 66 days for a human being to form a habit, right? So spend the next uh, 66 days focusing on the positive side of your life, doing the positive things you know you need to do for yourself, right? One day at a time, and you will undoubtedly rewire your brain. That's what this is about. Um, And yeah, I mean, uh, angels to Angel's point about you know, putting the, putting those little things on the to-do list or putting them on the calendar where you can see them. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly how we do it, right? We'll, we'll, we, that's how this book was built. Like read, read, read the stuff, take the notes on it, put it in a place that you can easily reference it and keep it top of mind so that you can practice it often in your life. And eventually it becomes automatic pilot. So the new book is called a thousand little things, happy, successful people do differently. I guess the new old book or the old new book. Uh, by Mark and Angel Chernoff. Uh, where can they pick up the book and where can they, uh, everyone keep up with you? Uh, as Because there's lots more going on. You've still got the annual Think Better, Live Better event. Uh, you're writing on your blog consistently. There's lots of stuff going on. You've, and I know you've got other irons in the fire as well. Where can people keep up with your work and pick up uh, this book and, and, your, and your previous work as well? Yeah, so you'll be able to pick up the book anywhere books are sold. So check out Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any bookstore uh, locally around you. And then, yeah, check out our website. We update the blog uh, one to two times a week. And the website is marketangel.com, and that's Mark with a C. Yeah, just Google Mark and Angel, you'll find us. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for joining me today on the Productivities Podcast, guys. Thank All you right, so thank much. Thank you, Mike. And there we go. Again, always a pleasure to talk to those two. You know, um, I I have to say that they've been such huge supporters of my work and of just they're just great friends. And uh, I've had such a wonderful opportunity to be part of so many uh, great great people's lives. And, and I would I would include Mark and Angel in that in that group for sure. Um, it, if they ever need anything, I'm there for them, and vice versa. So. Uh, they are truly inspirational people. If you get a chance to go to Think Better, Live Better, it's in you know it's in San Diego. Um, do it. Uh, I've been there um, every year. 
uh, and it's been fantastic. So check out all the the links that we talked about in the show notes, as well as some of the other uh, kind of takeaways. Um, and by the way, thanks to Connie for putting the show notes together for that. I really do appreciate it. And thanks to John Polster for producing the show. Uh, sometimes he gets episodes uh, later than than usual. This time, not so much. This time, he actually got them when he needed them, and that 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 that's a that's a big deal. So uh, big thanks to uh, big thanks to John for producing this episode, and big thanks to you for listening. Big thanks to the sponsors, by the way, too. We have a sponsor, of course, Text Expander. Uh, I love Text Expander, and you will too. Go to textexpander.com/podcast to get twenty percent off of your first year. And uh, I also want you to uh, check out our other sponsor for this episode. And that sponsor, of course, is Front. And what I encourage you to do is, again, much like you're going to do with Text Expander, I encourage you to go check out what Front has to offer. If you go to frontapp.com slash timecrafting, you can start your free trial of Front today and it, you, you won't regret it. So check out both our sponsors. Thanks to both of them for sponsoring this episode of the show. And again, thanks to you for listening. That is it for this episode of the show. I'm Mike Barty, the host of the Productivityist Podcast, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. We'll see you later.